Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. I'm your host, Brashank. And I'm your host, Andres. And today is June, July 19, 2021. Andres, what's up? Not much, man. You know, things are starting to wrap up a little bit. Stress, not gonna lie, because, you know, um, I can plan, but I tend to procrastinate. So now we're dealing with our procrastination. So that is gonna be a fun time but other than that it's been a good time just hanging out with friends uh every day how are you buddy how are you doing um yeah same here i think you know you're you're definitely more stressed than me because you're moving pretty much in the next week um but same here like things are happening um looking forward to the upcoming summer it should be a good summer um i actually went to go get covid tested at the airport yesterday and the airport was pretty packed uh there's a lot of people at the departure check-ins and the arrival the baggage claim as well as all the rental car places was popping so you know it seems like the travelers are itching to go back to wherever they want to go hey i mean i'm pretty sure we all have that little itch that we just want to get back out there in the world absolutely and i think we're all itching for that um you know it's been a long time coming and we're fortunate enough to have it come pretty soon for most of us but um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much you know what what's been happening in the last little while. And moving on to what did you learn this week, Andreas? So I've been always a fan of true like true crime and you know all of those little um, not little but like you know criminal series and mysteries and all of that. So while I've been packing, I've been watching a lot of mystery series on soft things on YouTube. So I just learned a lot about serial killers and kind of like their modus operandi and how not like kind of like how to detect a serial killer because I mean there are patterns to do things but definitely not all not all the time it's going to be the same. So yeah, learn a little bit more of some of those big names that we tend to hear from time to time. And I don't know, I just even though it's kind of like it is not right at the end of the day they're killing people uh it was just interesting kind of like to get to understand more kind of like what happens on, on the mind of um of serial killers and kind of like what drives them and kind of like what is going on in order to get to understand them a little bit better but yeah that's kind of like what i learned this week how would you brishank um so as you know this past week richard branson the founder and i don't know if he's still owner but i think he is of the virgin group he went up to space i guess he's you know the billionaires are having a space competition like you know back in the day there was a race to the moon now all these rich folks are wanting to be the first people out to space in their spacecraft okay um so richard branson he actually you know so what they did was i think they took a huge like plane and dropped their spaceship from 50,000 feet in the air. And then they just like, you know, kind of glided down. And this was the first step into like major commercial space travel. I know I think him along with two pilots and three Virgin Galactic employees flew on the company's rocket power space plane. So, yeah. you know, the, obviously there's no rocket lifting people up from the launch pad, but instead, like I said, a giant airplane carried the, spaceship high into the sky and they dropped them pretty much from 50,000 feet, which isn't, I mean, that exciting, 
in, in the big picture because you know most commercial flights they do go from 33,000 to 42,000 feet so just a little bit higher than that but at the same time to see where technology have brought has brought you know people and space commercial flight and i know a lot of these billionaires they're like we're going to make it accessible for the normal being person and you know make average person and stuff but like i think that that's a little bit too much because it's space travel right it's never going to be cheap just as a lot of things in today's world it's not cheap and the average person you know even say like flights are even expensive you know not everyone can afford them same thing with space travel it's a step beyond that and i don't think a lot of people will be able to afford that but at the same time it is exciting for people that can afford it you know it'll be cooler to see what they do oh yeah exactly and yeah i i'm on the set like i think i agree with you when they're like oh yeah everyone it will be accessible to everyone i'm just like "Mm, i don't know about that because yeah at the end of the day like even we can see it as simple as with uh, when the Concord was a thing, right? How expensive were those tickets just to fly from New York to London or to Paris uh, on the Concord? And I mean, yeah, it was supersonic travel, but still it was not, it's not like space travel, but still it was not affordable for everyone to fly the Concord. Exactly. So I think going forward, I know up next is Jeff Bezos and his space team he i think you know he's supposed to go up into space next so it will be interesting to see what he does you know it'll be there'll be some kind of twist because richard branson beat him in you know being up there first so maybe who knows what bezos has up his sleeves oh yeah who knows just these rich people competing about things that average person like we're just like oh yeah they're probably gonna get it done that's funny because like i said you know back in the day in the 20th century, you know, the space race between the Soviet Union and the United States was a thing, but now it's pretty much up to two individuals competing against each other. So it's crazy to see how far technology has advanced to the point where, you know, rich people can literally afford to do that. Oh, yeah, that's very funny. Now, instead of the, <laughs> instead of Cold War, it's like the war of the billionaires. <laughs> you know, one thing before we segue into the next segment, I uh, a lot of people did get back to me and maybe you too, Andreas, but the last week's episode was really good from what I've heard from a lot of people. Uh, they all enjoyed it. They all enjoyed here talking, you know, us talking about our political stances and issues. They said it was a really, you know, it was a really well done episode and, you know, we'll probably do more in the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, honestly, it was such a fun conversation. We understand it was on the longer side of things. But I think it's one of those things that, you know, we have to talk about. Uh, So I'm glad people enjoyed it. It's always nice to hear that. Exactly. So it was a lot of fun. But this week, we'll do a more lighthearted, fun episode. The topic for this week's is hiking. We both love hiking. Um, We do it pretty much every year. Winter hiking, not as much. um, But summer hiking, fall hiking, spring hiking, you know, we're all about that life. Oh, absolutely. It's just like, I don't know, it's just something I discovered while I was in Canada. And honestly, I think it has changed a little bit the way that now that I travel, depend like depending where I go, but it definitely has changed the way I see things and the way that I plan my trips in a certain way. Exactly. I think, you know, especially when in the summer when you can go camping or, you know, backpacking, things like that, have, you know, planning around hikes is really important because, 
of course there's a short you know 30 minute to one hour to two hour hikes but then there's some of those longer three to four hour ones and then if you really want to push yourself there's some of the super long ones that are you know pretty much all day and multi-day ones oh yeah i've never done one of those but i mean it's something very exciting that it's definitely on the bucket list yeah i think that's same here like i've done like eight 10 hour hikes you know 12 hour hikes Oh, you know, ones you've done all day. The only multi-day one I did was in Nepal when I did a like this um, hike called the Gosekundo hike. Um, mm-hmm. That that tre- it's trek, I guess, in Nepal. You know, it's up in the mountains, but it's mostly it's a pr- pilgrimage. It's like more of a pilgrimage site than like an actual touristy trek. But that was a multi-day one where we hiked all day and then stayed at the hotel, like the local hotel, I guess. Not really hotel <laughs> as you see here. But yeah, you know, one of those stops, rest stops, and then you continue the next day, and then the third day you come all the way down. But I've never done a multi-day hike outside of Nepal. Oh, that's pretty awesome, man! I'm pre- also like, you know, hikes are so different, and the thing is, like, hiking doesn't always need to necessarily, in a way, be mountain hiking. There's different like kinds of hiking, and I feel there's always something out there for everyone. Yeah, exactly. That's like the best part, because right, like I know. There's and that's one of the things that I dislike about just hiking and like the outdoor stuff. There's so much gatekeeping going on. And, you know, if someone just wants to do like a one kilometer loop where there's no elevation gain, like, you know, let them do that. Let them have fun and let them enjoy that instead of trying to be like, that's not a hike. A hike has to be this, this, this. It's like, no, like for you, it might be easier because you're more experienced. But for that person, they might be the, their first time doing a hike. Exactly. And like at the end of the day, you know what? It's up to what you want to do. And I mean, I do think there might there's some elements that I personally believe I hike should have. But, you know, as long part of it is like as long as you are walking, that is considered a hike. Absolutely. And I agree there. Like we all have our limits, I guess. And that's the thing, you know, like know your limits, especially when you're doing a hike. Like, you don't want to be lost. You don't want to find beers. Like, you know, I have done solo hikes before. It's it's fun, but it can be scary at times when you're the only one on the hiking trail. Mm-hmm. And then, so just, like, know your limits. Like, go with friends if you want. Go with your family. And even if you're by yourself, there's lots of hikes pretty much all over the world that you can do by yourself, and that's completely safe, right? Um, mm. Of course, one caveat to that is, of course, there's always going to be scenarios where you might feel unsafe for whatever reason. But at the same time, if you, you know, if you follow like the local guidelines in that area or, you know, you go on like one of my favorite websites to use, I'm sure you use it too, Andres, is alltrails.com. Oh, yeah. They have solid um, reviews from other people that have done hikes. They have the pictures of the place. They have the location and you can like, you know, you can get the premium version, download the offline maps and stuff, which I don't do. I just get the download. I get the offline map from Google, but at the same time, like all trails has, it's probably one of the, my favorite resources for hikes. Oh, it is such a great thing. And the thing is like, because a lot of people use it, it's usually kept up to date. So the closer you get to your hike, I'm pretty sure there's people posting about like what the conditions of the hike actually looking like. So then you have a little bit more of an idea of what to expect in your hike because you know that the thing hikes can change drastically like even from day to night they can really have a very drastic change depending on just kind of like how overnight the weather was so it's always nice to like check those websites because 
you can see like, oh, they, they say that this hike is gorgeous, but then you get there, but because it was raining the next day, it is very muddy and it can be a difficult hike. So I'll say like, if you ever go hiking, use that app so that you're up to date on the conditions of the of the trails and also checking government websites for that. Those are also very good. Yep, exactly. Uh, I think that's probably the best you know advice. Just check like be aware like if you're gonna go hiking don't just go completely unprepared there's lots of things to think about if you see you know if you notice ahead that is a bear warning make sure to take bear spray but you know one of those things that you should always take is bug spray because i feel like no matter where you go mosquitoes are always going to be a pest oh yeah oh, i hate mosquitoes so so much like they're so unnecessary but yeah as long as you're taking precautions i think honestly hiking some people might disagree and be like oh my god why are you guys talking about hiking or like they're just not outdoorsy people but you know it is just it is just fun to explore nature exactly and there's so many even like you know if you don't want to go somewhere like that's super strenuous or you know hardcore you, there's i'm sure there's so many hikes or walks that you can do in and around your like local city in and around your local province or state so you know just keep an eye open and look for the ones that you think you can do the most yeah and like i mean like you mentioned before it's not doesn't have to be a 10 20 kilometer high it can be something short so brashank out of all the hikes that you've done what are some of the most memorable ones that you have um my my most okay so i'll give you like a list of a couple here and there yeah I've talked about this one in the past, but one of my favorite hikes, it wasn't a hike, it was more of a walk, but it was a long, long walk. I think overall it was like 36 kilometers, if I remember correctly. It's in Zion National Park. I know I've talked about it before. It's one of the most like you know dangerous ones, I guess, besides Angel's Landing in Narrows National Park. I mean, sorry, Zion National Park. So the Narrows is you're walking along the Virgin River, um for a long long time it took us all pretty much all day and it, you're walking along the base of the canyon in the river so if the river like you know one of the things that we had to look at for that one was make sure the river volume wasn't too high and the flow wasn't too fast because then we wouldn't be able to do it um so that one we started at eight in the morning pretty much hiked all day and walked until four or five in the afternoon when we got back um mm -hmm. if you go with you know Friends, make sure you stick together because at one point me and my friends we did get lost um so it was kind of it was tough at some point because we we just made stupid mistakes of like you know not sticking together and like spreading apart so i think that's one of the biggest like lessons i learned from that um it it's 16 miles long so around 26 kilometers and it is very tiring because you're walking on water most of the time we went in August when the water levels were pretty low, but at part on some parts we did have to swim across. We did have to swim across the river because it was a little bit too high. Um, I think it was a you know it was a lot of fun, and especially you know when in August when the outside temperatures are 80, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, the water will really cool keep you cool, and you don't get wet too much because you dry off pretty fast, and you know there's lots of people. On that one because it is one of the more popular ones and you know it's a lot of fun it is scary at times because you like you know as you look up there's like i don't i don't know how tall these canyons are but pretty much they tower over you and at some parts you could see the rock fall um down 
Um, and then one of the biggest problems in this area is flash floods, right? Like obviously flash floods, you don't know when they're going to appear. So you have to be most of the time, you know, if you're where, when you're at the beginning, they'll tell you if there's like a flash flood warning, but that's definitely one of the things that you have to be careful about. Sounds like a cool time though, especially like if, like I'm a water person. So I would like, it sounds like a fun time just being in the water for most of it, just cooling yourself down. Exactly. It's, it's a lot of fun. And one, at one point where, you know, we left all of our backpacks and our food back in this like little island made of rocks. And then we just swam to the rest of the park because we didn't want to get our bags wet. One thing you can do is get a waterproof bag so you don't have to leave your bag behind. We took that risk and we did it. <laughs> but it was all right. We got all our soft back. One of our friends, he did lose a, um, his glasses when he dove into the water. But I guess it is what it is. I think that tends to happen more often than people like know is like how much like how many sunglasses are lost in the water. Oh yeah, like you know, not hiking related, but I have lost my sunglasses in the Pacific Ocean because I was stupid enough to wear it at the beach because I don't want to be blind, you know, I want to see things, but then yeah, you risk of losing it when the waves come crashing. So the first time, you know, I never got my sunglasses back and I lost it. The second time that happened, you know, I was stupid enough to wear it again. But the second time out of, you know, out of, like, I guess one of the biggest miracles was my friend actually found it at the bottom of the ocean, like, oh. randomly. So yeah. probably one of the luckiest things that's happened. But it was, it was pretty cool. But, yeah, lesson learned. Don't wear your sunglasses in the water, especially when they're prescription sunglasses. Oh, yeah, no, those ones are, they're expensive, having yeah. your sunglasses prescription, like, with prescriptions. So if you didn't learn anything about hiking, just take that lesson from Brishank. Don't wear your sunglasses when you're diving in the water. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's, like, I guess going back to the topic, the Narrows and Zion National Park, definitely one of my favorites. There's lots of hikes in the, you know, in that southwestern U.S. region where it's all red rocks and you're walking on canyons or things like that. I could go on forever. Maybe I'll save that for another episode. But, <laughs> you know, I couldn't stop there. And I have to talk about Bath as I think this is like, you know, the millionth time I've brought up Bath in our podcast, but definitely one of my <laughs> favorite, favorite places to go. And there's so many hikes there. I like, I could talk about it forever. Like every time I go to Bath, I make sure to do a different hike. But two of my favorite hikes in the Bath area. Uh, number one is definitely Howling. It's a little outside Bath. It's more towards Canmore. Um, mm -hmm. You have to go through the Canmore area, but it definitely is one of them. It's a moderate hike, they say, um, but it did take us, I think, three, four, or five hours to complete it all to the very top. It is a lot of fun. Um, it, you, you know, as you get to the, at the first little bit you've, you're walking amongst the trees and it is a lot of switchbacks but then you get near the top and it's a rock scramble it's a lot of fun it is scary you know if you've never done one of those hikes before it can get scary because as you get to the peak the other side you know if you make one wrong move you're pretty much tumbling all the way down unconscious <laughs> oh wow yeah no that's <laughs> um but it was a lot of fun we did it uh in 2019 and it was a lot of fun and it's the the beautiful like aspect of it is you can see so many things from Highland. You can see Canmore, you can see you know Rundle Mountain, which is another hike I really want to do. But yeah, there's so many really good hikes in Bath, and you know one of the most recent one I did in the area was a Bow Lake Bow Glacier Falls hike. 
it's so on the way from Bath to Jasper, uh, there is Bow Lake, you know, near Peto Lake. It's Bow Lake is a pretty big one. You won't miss it. There's a lodge right there, the Red Lodge. I don't know if you've ever been in that area, but there's a Red Lodge where the trailhead starts and you're pretty much walking along the lake for the most part. And then you split up and you walk along the river and then you go towards a glacier. So there's the Bow Glacier is like right there next to you and the falls, they're amazing. Like, you know, the when we got there, there's only two other people besides us. So it was a super like, I guess it was really early. We went, we left at like seven in the morning. So it was a lot, you know, easier to track with no people there. But the views itself was amazing because you saw the glacier and then you saw the falls. And then, you know, just like the atmosphere, it was like a really cool because it was like almost like a desert barren type scenario where there was like some greenery along the river. But then for the most part, it was rocks. And then you just, you know, followed the river until you got to the falls and, and, you know, whether it's safe or not, uh, it should be safe because it's fresh water, but I love drinking glacier water because it's so fresh. Mm-hmm. And I make sure I make sure to do that in every glacier I go to. <laughs> Rishang posting uh, the glacier drinking water. That's your, that's your signature. Thing. Oh yes. I, and it, it was really nice. It was really refreshing. Um, and then you know what you can if you have time you can go swim in the lake and stuff but if you don't just marry on your way but those are my you know like three top favorite um hikes at the moment they all change because like i can't get enough of hiking but like i said the narrows and howling definitely my top two of all time and then the most recent one i did was at bow glacier falls that's very cool man and i mean the more you're gonna travel the more you're gonna have a hard time like it will be easier to say like which hikes were the okay ones but i think you'll have a harder time deciding which one is your favorite exactly and like i know i'm I'm forgetting so many that i've done in like other parts of the world but gotta stick with what is local for now (laughs) what about you what are your favorite hiking trails for me i want to say one of my favorite hiking trails that i've done (laughs) is uh is a jamnuska one over also of course, in the Banff area. Uh, it's not like it's way before Banff. It's um, in the Bow Valley area. But Jamnuska, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I like when I went, uh, my friend did not uh, fail to mention a couple of things about Jamnuska out of like my regular hiking experience in the Rockies, you know, like Justin Canyon, Grassy Lakes, and like the very like touristy, uh, nice walks type of thing. Like he failed to mention that when we were descending from the hike, uh, you have I don't remember what the um, what the term is, but basically you have to uh, you're running down down the hill on the mountain, um, and then little rocks will be hitting your sh- uh, your ankles and all of that. So it was literally like it was not great, like it was good, but. It is just one of, it was like, it isn't as dangerous, but I would say like, it's a lot, it, like, it's pretty easy to, to in a certain way, uh, get lost. Like, especially when you're on your way down, because I found the term, it's called scree running. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah. So, so yeah, so scree running, it is when there's like, you know how sometimes in the sides of the mountains, you can see a lot of. Love tiny little rocks that are loose mm-hmm. on the slope. 
So kind of like in the way to descend from Jamnuska when you actually make it to the summit is like you have to pick a path in which you're going to do that. You're going to be doing some screeing. <laughs> it sounds so weird. And then with that, it's just like you just take you in a certain way, you take flight and then you just have to go because if you stop, you get starts to get like you, you will still get stuck in it. Right. right. Uh, so you just have to keep on running and running and running. So yeah, it's <laughs> it is quite interesting, but it was a lot of fun. It was another like a different type of hike, so I really truly enjoyed it. And then, you know, you always enjoy any hike that you do in there. So like, I wouldn't say like the most spectacular hike, but for me, like the first hike I ever did in the Bath region was actually Tunnel Mountain, and we did it over the winter. Uh, so we put our snowshoes on and went on a nice hike over Tunnel Mountain. So that was pretty cool. And of course, like one of the most impressive, uh, kind of like not impressive, but very peaceful, just getting lost. You were just like in the middle of nowhere uh, was when I did a hike uh, up by White Horse to get to Miles Canyon. Uh, literally, you know, it's like also once again, I've done a lot of winter uh, hiking for some reason uh, but you just get lost in the forest until you get to Miles Canyon pretty chill of a hike but it was just it was just very nice to do it up like up north and just literally there's nothing like you know sometimes in some of the BAM hikes you do get a little bit of that background noise like either from tourists and all of that like that's something I you don't get a lot in the north because there's not like you don't have that many people around you but I would say those are some of my favorite hikes. But been doing a lot of hiking from Alberta to BC most most of the time. That's funny you mentioned Tunnel Mountain because that's I think that's one of the most popular hikes in Bath just because the accessibility. It's like, you know, you can literally walk from Bath Town Center to all the way to the top of Tunnel Mountain. Mm -hmm. But for some reason for me that like I hadn't done that and literally when like two weeks ago when I went to Bath, that's one of the hikes I did because I'm like, you know, I haven't done this, so I might as well did this do this. And I did that one by myself and it was pretty fun. It was pretty packed at the top. The hike itself wasn't too bad. I think it took me just like over an hour to get to the top and another hour and then to get back down, but it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, Tunnel Mountain is fun and you get a nice view of like the town yeah exactly and i think that's one of the cool things about math is like even the town center is surrounded by like so many hikes that so the first you know one of the first things i did on my recent trip to bath was i just went up to the mount norquay lookout point it's not a hike it's more of like a drive you just drive up there mm -hmm. but then you see bath from one side and then the other time so tunnel mountain you see it from another side and then one of the ones I really wanted to do was Sulphur Mountain. I didn't have time for it. Sulphur Mountain is the one with the gondola. You can't hike all the way to the top. And that's still on my list. I think that's one of the last ones I have left in the Banff, like, town area. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, that's just that amazing. And that's kind of, like, I grew to appreciate. Appreciate about, you know, the outdoors. Like, something. Also, it's, like, something different from you know from camping because like i understand like camping is something that i can understand more people but i think like people don't get into it or just don't like it but then hiking is something that it's just like i keep on repeating it but there's always something for everyone and 
it's just like a way to get lost. And even if you're in the city, uh, you just drive a little bit outside of it. And I'm pretty sure anywhere in the world you can find, uh, you can find a nice hike to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one of the things, that, one of the hikes that I forgot to mention was in Glacier National Park in Montana. Even when you go in the summer, there's this um, lake called Hidden Lake. And when you go up there, you know, we went in July and there's still snow up there. So you have to like walk across snow. And it was a, one of the more like interesting ones I've done. Cause I have, like for me personally, when I go hike in the summer, you know, I, I'm wearing sh- shorts and I'm wearing uh, like short sleeves with water. But then, you know, and then just like hiking shoes. And then you get to Hidden Lake, you know, you're doing the hike and then you come across like these large, massive snow and like because it's a glacier still up there so it was pretty cool to do that because like i said earlier i don't do too much of a winter hike i have done some winter hikes in bath but those are like you know when i'm actually like prepared for the snow but here you know i was i mean there was not really much to prepare for the snow it was mostly just uphill walking on snow so it wasn't like super cold or anything but it was a lot of fun i bet i mean there's some gorgeous national like i mean when it comes i thing to north america we do have some very nice national parks that offer a lot of things yeah absolutely and like i think for the most part when i plan my road trips they're catered around national parks whether it's in u.s or canada um you know i've been to quite a lot of national parks in u.s i think when i counted last it was around like 17 18 national parks in the u.s of course, there's like 51, so there's still quite a lot to go. But I've done most of the major ones. I just have mm-hmm. some of the major ones left, such as Yosemite or like Everglades. And then in Canada, you know, I've done most of the ones in the Rockies, whether it's Banff, Yoho, Kootenai, um, you know, or, you know, in, in our own little province, we have two great national parks. Um, of course, they're not, you know, big altitude ones, but they're pretty fun to do. There's some really chill and fun hikes in grassland national parks or prince albert national park oh my god and talking about that it is just um well i mean it is kind of sad right now because we have a lot of forest forest fires up north and i don't know if you can feel it in regina but definitely in saskatoon we are getting some of the smokiness to it um but no like it's just so different kind of like the up north you go it stops being prairie and it starts become the boreal forest. And it is just like, you just get lost in there. And actually one of like the hikes I did in PA, like in Prince Albert Park, National Park, well, like we were walking and then we just suddenly saw, I think I, it was either a moose or an elk, but I was just like, okay, let's try to find another way around because I don't want to get killed by a moose. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, I don't know how many times you've encountered like actual fauna on hikes, but it is just like surprising when you get to see the little, like even when you see a little chipmunk or a little squirrel, they're just so, it's just so cute to see, uh, to see animals in, like in the wilderness. Yeah. Especially like, you know, in the Rockies, definitely you'll see, you're pretty much for sure going to see an elk or a um, deer. Or I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but one of the times I went to Bath, you know, on those rock side of those cliffs, we saw like a whole bunch of mountain goats. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just like, you know, five, 10, it was like at least like 40, 50. And 
those mountain goats are crazy because they can their balance and like dexterity is so amazing they literally like have like a sliver of rock to stand you stand on and they're like balancing perfectly fine yeah how are they able to do that i can never i cannot even do that properly when i'm sober so (laughs) yeah so it's it's not like how crazy they are and you know i think that's a fun part about hiking and walking that just that nature you can appreciate so much whether it's the local fauna in the area or the local flora in the area you know whatever there's things for everyone and for me personally one of the biggest things for me in hikes is obviously the views but like you know finding a waterfall is so rewarding or like you know a lake at the end of the hike because you can cool down in the river or the waterfall or the lake and just enjoy your time Oh, yeah, there's no rush on a hike. I will, like, I think something I learned, like, from, you know, road trips and, like, planning hikes is, like, don't rush it. Like, honestly, if you go into a hike of, like, unless you're, like, you know, you're timing yourself or you need to keep a pace or something, that's different. But if you're literally going to just going, like, especially for day hikes, I mean, if you're doing a multi-day hike, then, yeah, like, keep your pace and everything. But if you're doing one-day hikes, Honestly, don't rush it and take it in. I mean, nature is still going to be there. <laughs> and, you know, plan your day accordingly so that you can enjoy. Uh, you can enjoy the hike and not just be like, oh, I need to go. For example, I need to go to Justin Canyon because it is a very touristy and I just need to check off of the mark. Give yourself to actually enjoy, to enjoy the hike, to enjoy what's surrounding you and just absorb everything that sounds very deep and so cliche now i hate myself for saying that <laughs> but honestly mm-hmm. take take your time to like enjoy your hike because like hiking is one of those things that you do because you enjoy being outdoors you enjoy being in nature so really embrace embrace that part um instead of like being in the rush and busyness of the city just be on the calm and peacefulness of nature absolutely and you you know you read my mind because my next question was what are some of the tips that you have for you know fellow hikers and people that haven't hiked as as much as us uh well besides the multiple tips we've been saying i think another one uh, that is very important is uh, especially during summer hikes uh bring water with you uh you never know how dehydrated you might get during the hike even if there's not that much altitude change, uh, it does take a toll on you. So I would say bring water and bring some snackies like trail mix, granola bars, something like in order to keep your energy, uh, your energy going and in order to sustain, uh, sustain your energy as you're, as you're walking uh, so that you're able to actually complete the hike. But I think those are two very essential, uh, essential things about it that i would say they're very important what are some tips you have for shank for our listeners um number one i think know your limits right like push yourself but know when to stop like if you're getting tired or hungry like it's not worth it to push on and like you know injure yourself or hurt yourself um even if your friends you know go on to do more because they might have more experience than you they might have different stamina than you so when you want to stop just stop um because like you know there's no shame in saying you know i'm done with the hike even if you're not at the end because 
your safety and health should be number one priority. Um, so definitely like, you know, look out for yourself. And then if you notice someone struggling, stay like, you know, stay along with them. Cause like usually when we go on hikes with like a bunch of people, obviously there's some really experienced ones, but then there's also some not so experienced ones. So for me, you know, as everything in life, I like to take it slow and chill. Um, so I don't mind staying behind with some of the slow stragglers and just walking alongside them and doing the whole hike. Cause for me, there's no rush to finish a hike. Like you said, unless like, you know, it's a, 13, 14 hour hike where you might be in the dark. But for the most part, I think just, you know, go at your own pace. And if you see someone struggling, help them along. And I think lastly, like you said, definitely take some food and water with you because you're going to be sweating so much. You're going to be, you know, using all the energy. You're going to need lots of food in you to get you to that beautiful waterfall or that beautiful view of the lake. Yeah, exactly. And uh, at the end of the day, it's worth it. And you know, we live in a very, um, in a very visual world. So don't forget to charge your cameras if you have a professional camera, or ter- for, uh, or charge your phone so that you can capture, uh, you can capture some of those, uh, those uh, gorgeous views that you get to see during your hikes. Absolutely, and I guess that's another tip. Like for me, when I go on hikes or walks or pretty much anywhere. I love taking photos and I know I can annoy a lot of people, but for me, like photos, when I look back at photos, it, it like lifts my spirits quite a lot. So, you know, if you're one of those stragglers that walks slow and likes to take photos of everything, honestly do it. Cause you know, those memories are worth so much. Yeah. I know that like people say enjoy nature and stuff, but like you can still enjoy nature while taking photos. So take all the photos that you want. Yeah exactly enjoy it because at the end of the day like you mentioned when you look back at that your memories get like your memory gets sparked back up so it's just like you can reminisce on on your experience wherever you did a hike exactly so andres last question for you what are some upcoming future hikes for you um some of from a some future hikes that i have in the horizon um i would say it would be exploring some of the Eastern Canada uh, trails and hikes. Uh, so near Montreal, there's uh, Mont Tremblant National Park. So I'm excited about, uh, I've been to Mont Tremblant before, but never done any hiking there. So I'm excited uh, to, to explore that. And as well as, you know, planning trips later uh, in the, later on, uh, I think, uh, another of the hikes that I will want to redo again because it was like, or like to do a little bit more of a longer hike, uh, it will be doing one of those uh, rainforest hikes down in Costa Rica because it was just amazing just getting, like just going through through the rainforest or the like the um, the cloudy forest in Costa Rica was amazing. So I will want to uh, redo some of those hikes or uh, do some of the longer ones that they have available and going up to the volcanoes. I think that like, honestly, on the bucket list is uh, at some point I will want to uh, to make it up one of the uh, one of the volcanoes back in Mexico. Um, but yeah, that I would say those are some of the items in terms of hike related. How about you, Bershank? What, what are some hikes that you have uh, aligned in the future? Um, I think I'm in the same boat as you as, you know, we're both moving to the Eastern Canada. We'll have to, I honestly haven't done much exploration of Eastern Canada because I've been there, but I've only done like a couple hikes 
here and there, but nothing like too intense. Um, you know, I will be going to the U.S. in the next couple of months, so I'm, you know, looking forward to doing hikes in more national parks in the U.S. I one of the best things about U.S. is their national park system, which uh, you know, you get a pass for like eighty dollars and lasts you a year, and then you can go to unlimited national parks. And you know, I just love that aspect. So definitely looking forward to doing more hikes, whether it's in the U.S. or Canada. Yeah, I know. I think there's a lot of hikes in the horizon for us, Bishank. Absolutely. Maybe one day we'll do a backcountry hike and get lost in the wilderness, Bishank. You know, now that you said that, you actually brought up a good hike that I've been wanting to do. It's going to be on the back burner for now because it is in British Columbia, so we won't have any time anytime soon. But um, there is a multi-day, um, you know, where you portage sometimes if you want or if, you know, you you camp for the night and keep hiking. It's called the Mount Assiniboine Hike. And it's a multi, I think it takes like three, four days and you hike for some and then you camp a little bit and then you hike some more. So I think that's been one that I've been wanting to do for a super long time, but it's going to have to wait a little bit longer. Hey, that's completely fine. You know, uh, that's the only problem with Canada. It is too big that to get places, it, it takes money. Yep. And, you know, there's just so much to do that, it's hard to get to all of them at the same time, unless you live super close to them. Oh yeah, unless you're those lucky people that live in British Columbia. Yep, uh, I wish, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that is fair, but I think that's like, I think we can talk a little bit more because as we were talking, a lot of things that kept up coming to my mind, kind of like, because you know, at the end of the day, hiking is a way of ecotourism in a way, and I think ecotourism has been coming a lot of a boom thing, but I think we can save a broader conversation of what ecotourism looks like and why it's so amazing for another day. Absolutely, and you know, our last episode was super long, so we'll keep this one short and simple, and you know, we hope you guys and girls got something out of this episode. Absolutely, and you know, for us, short is under an hour. So, so yes, we'll keep it short. So we'll move on to our next part, Bridgeank. All right, Andre. So what are you looking forward to this upcoming week? Besides your whole move. <laughs> so, I mean, at that time, I think like, even though it's still move related, I'm excited, honestly, for my road trip because uh, I decided to do a road trip uh, in order to move to Montreal. So I'm just excited to drive all the way from the prairies to Eastern Canada. And I've just heard like Northern Ontario, even though it's like, it can be sparsely populated and all of that, which I have to plan accordingly for it. Um, apparently it is beautiful up in Northern Ontario, which is like when you have to like, it, it's like a part because I'm not going through the States because you know, border closure, <laughs> but uh, operating like through Northern Ontario, it is nice. So I'm very excited and looking forward, looking forward to that. And even though it sounds melancholic, I'm excited to play, you know, music that will remind me of my days in the prairies and then sob while I'm driving in the highway. So <laughs> even though it sounds a little bit <laughs> dark, I'm like, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to, uh, to be in the road by myself for five, four to five days. I still 
uh, depending on like if I do the fifth day or I just push it all everything on to four days. But I'm excited because it's been a busy two weeks, either, you know, doing all the logistical things, packing, but also it's been very heavy. Like, I, and I enjoy it, like being heavy with like social things and like seeing friends and hanging out and all of that. But I do appreciate a lot my alone time. And I'm just ready to like, what's the best way to be by yourself and enjoy yourself and get that alone time than being on the road. Absolutely. That, I think it should be a really good time because, you know, road trips are always fun. I know you'll be by yourself, but you'll have Sherlock by yourself, the bestest of friends. So yeah, he'll hope... probably be, he'll be napping the entire time. <laughs> I hope it's a memorable drive. Stay safe, <laughs> drive safe, and you'll have to update us on the drive. Oh, I'll for sure give you guys an update of how the drive went and how Jubersheng, what are you looking forward for this week? Um, this week, so I know this episode, you know, like we always do, we time travel. This episode's already out. So by the time this episode's out, I should be in the US. I will be visiting US and my girlfriend there for about a month. So it should be a fun time. Um, the borders are technically not all the way open, but I don't think flying into US is a problem because people have been doing it um pretty much because us is pretty much open but i think even the ca canadian side is expected to open in the next month or so because i think justin trudeau was saying by mid-august he'll allow um, vaccin fully vaccinated americans to come into canada without having to quarantine or anything so you know one more step towards normalcy exactly i'm very excited that uh like it, it's now in the horizon that uh tourists are going to be able to come into the country because at the end of the day it's also part of our economy so uh um and a part of certain part excited about that but you know another part of me is like we were okay we <laughs> we were been doing okay we don't need that much more people around us uh, but <laughs> but i'm very i'm excited that it just is like another sense of normalcy right that there's a possibility of traveling again absolutely yeah. and i think that you know we're all looking forward to that as as scary as it is, I think it'll be it'll it'll help tourism like you know cities that thrive on tourism such as Bath like you know Bath is gonna explode in visitors again whether for better or worse I think for some of the struggling businesses it'll definitely be a really good thing. Oh, abs yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I mean, if there's a a business or a sector of the economy that has taken a big hit, is tourism. So I think it's time to to bring it back up. And I think kind of like also from our end, you know, go local. It's not bad. You'll find amazing things. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited for your trip, Rashank. I hope you have an amazing time over in the States and that you really get to enjoy some amazing time with your girlfriend. Thank you, Andreas. I look forward to it too. Sounds good. But other than that, that brings us to the end of our episode. I hope some of you or all of you enjoy I'll talk us talking a little bit something a little bit more chill but that we really enjoy doing which is hiking and that you know what there's uh there's something for everyone and you know if you're like one of those people that hasn't done hiking and is like that's not for me I'll say give it a try don't maybe don't go like to the extreme hike or like to go up a mountain but just take a literally a literally walk in a nature area and you know enjoy yourselves but yeah we really enjoy about it so if you have any recommendations of the other hikes that Rishank and I should explore in the future uh let us know because 
with the travel bug that is bugging us for the past year to two, year and a half. We're excited to plan something around those ones. Uh, so let us know what some of your favorite hikes have been, uh, some of your crazy hike stories, because we'll have some of those. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening once again. We really appreciate everyone that tunes in and listens to us. Uh, either it's in your morning commute while you're at work or just to have a nice chill session. Uh, thanks for listening to everyone. And where can they reach us at Prashank? Absolutely. So if, like always, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or crybaby stuff, you can reach out to us at the Two Average Rambos podcast, whether on Instagram or Twitter or our personal pages you know you'll find our handles on our podcast page so reach out to us any way you can talk to us about hiking or you know any episodes that we've done in the past let us know if you want to talk about it because we're definitely down to have those conversations again exactly and hopefully by the next time you at least like when you listen to us again we will be in different parts Richard will be over in the states and i'll be over in montreal so Next time you listen to us, we'll be somewhere else. Absolutely. And we're all looking forward to that. So let's, you know, drive safe, fly safe, be safe wherever we go. It's, I mean, there's still a pandemic going on. So take your precautions. We're both fully vaccinated. And hopefully all of you are too. But then let's stay safe. Exactly. Uh, but other than that, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next Monday. Bye. See ya.